Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to share with you a birth story about two medical inductions turned unmedicated home birth. It was an amazing story, but before I get into that, I want to share with you about my new book. It's an ebook and it can be downloaded right now straight to your email, but it's going to help you with all of the mind racing that happens with all the decisions you need to make. And if you've been struggling with intrusive and anxious thoughts, then this new workbook is just for you. It's called Finding Joy in Pregnancy and Birth. And it, this comes from a Christian perspective. In it, I share my story of my C-section and my three home births, as well as give you prompts to help you break down specific fears surrounding pregnancy and birth and ultimately find freedom. So learn how to take your thoughts captive and have a blissful journey to motherhood. Go ahead and download your copy today. You can do that by going to empoweredbirthpodcast.com and click on the tab shop, or you can click on the link below. Now, today I want to introduce you to Becca Yan. She has worked with dozens of women and couples nationwide to empower them in their fertility health. With a bachelor's of arts in psychology and graduating top in her class in FEM certification, she is well-respected in the fertility education community. As a FEM teacher and certified hormone coach, she can help any woman learn magnitudes about her body and how to support it naturally through utilizing her FEM Hormone Harmony Program. When it comes to birth, Becca went from having two medical inductions to an unmedicated home birth, and she's so excited to share her testimony with you today. It is such a powerful story, and I know it's going to impact many of you listeners out there. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Well, hi, Becca. Thanks for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to hear your stories. They're really going to impact a lot of women's lives. I know that for sure. So would you just give yourself a quick introduction? Tell us who you are, what you do. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. I'm seriously so excited to be here. Uh, so my name's Becca and my husband and I live in Colorado. We have three children, three and a half, two, and then a six week old. We also have three babies in heaven. So that's part of my story too. I am a femme educator. So I teach women about just natural family planning, avoiding achieving pregnancy naturally, and also a hormone coach. So helping women with any hormone imbalances. But today I'm really here to just share my birth story because I went from two medical labor inductions with my first two to a full-on unmedicated, really amazing home birth. And your podcast 
was what helped me in my pregnancy to mentally make that shift and prepare for it. So I'm here to share my story. (laughs) Wow. I'm so excited to hear it. I know that when I first started out on this journey, I was like, if I can help one woman change her birth trajectory and, and impact her life in some small way, like I will have done my job. So it means yeah. the world that you would come on and share your amazing stories with us because it really does matter. Stories are so powerful. And I know, like I said earlier, like yours is going to affect some woman out there. So let's just start off wherever it feels natural to you. And I would love to hear kind of your journey from pregnancy with your first or your first birth and go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, we got pregnant within about three years of being married. I was on birth control for a very long time. That's another whole part of my story, but I'm not going to focus on that too much. But we got off of birth control and thankfully I was able to get pregnant within a few months and just kind of went through the normal standard traditional medicine route. So got an OBGYN, asked my friend who was their favorite, just went with that. I was just the average girl who didn't know anything about her body, didn't know anything about advocacy, didn't know anything about how to support my body in the best way possible for pregnancy, for the baby. I knew nothing. So I just went along with everything. Um, and that pregnancy went fine. I did get, um, preeclampsia. I was not full on preeclampsia. I was borderline preeclampsia. So I had really intense swelling and I had a couple high blood pressure readings from home, but never at the doctor, but just from my surrounding influences, I was kind of encouraged, like, why don't you just go ahead and get induced that way you don't have to worry and you can keep the baby healthy you won't go into preeclampsia, that sort of thing. And my doctor was fine with it. My supporters were fine with it. So I was like, okay, sure. So I just went along with it and and all that. And there was nothing wrong with that labor and delivery. It was pretty quick. It was fine. And uh, I got the epidural and it it was fine. Like he had jaundice. We stayed for a few days and that was it. So, So it was all fine and good. So I didn't really question anything for the next time. So lo and behold, about eight months later, we didn't know how to avoid pregnancy without birth control. We didn't want to be on birth control, but we found out we were pregnant with our second. And so pretty excited about that, but surprised and kind of went the same route. I did look for a different doctor, one that maybe was a little bit more personal, but again, I didn't know anything about researching or other options or midwifery or doulas. I didn't know anything about any of that. And so again, just kind of went along with everything and same thing happened. By the way, I didn't mention with all of this, my diet was like awful before. So I was like your standard, like, give me all the cheeseburgers. I'm going to Chick-fil-A several times a week. Like I'm just stuffing my face because I'm starving. And I did not know how to nourish myself and my baby properly. And honestly, that's, I know why that's why I was going down a bad path for preeclampsia with all the swelling and everything, but I didn't know that I was never told. And so I was pretty frustrated about that because that totally could have been prevented. But kind of same thing towards the end of the pregnancy, I think like at my 38 week appointment, I gained like seven or eight pounds in a week and I freaked out and I was just like, get this baby out of me. I am terrified. And everyone said, okay, 
Like I was not informed about, okay, well, here's the risks and advantages or benefits, or here's all the things that could happen if you get the epidural, if we get Pitocin, if we do inductions, all of that. I was not informed about anything. So we go in to, to get induced with our son. And I just remember the nurse, we'd only been there like a, less than a I mean, a few hours. And I remember she'd cranked the Pitocin all the way up to the highest like that could go. Cause she was like, oh, well, we're just not progressing here. Uh, so we're just going to crank this up. Like, wow, what's at the highest? Hope something happens soon. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I just didn't know. Like, that's not good. And sure enough, within a very short time, I was in the most horrific pain you could possibly imagine. And I was trying to like kind of tough it out. Like, I didn't know that. Pitocin contractions are totally different than natural contractions. And I was trying to be the tough woman with zero training or being informed at all. And so I think I did that for about a half hour and the nurse came in and I was like totally shaking and crying. And she was like, we got to get you that epidural. So they carted me off, put me up on the table, put my husband on the other side of the room. And at this point I was like sobbing because the contractions were so intense. They were having me lean over and the guy, the anesthesiologist stuck me three times. It took a half an hour and it was the most, most painful thing in my life. And yes, I've given birth to a baby naturally. That was the most painful thing of my life. It was horrible. And once it finally took things settled down, we gave birth to him and everything seemed to be fine. But within an hour we were like, something's just not right. And he had, he was just really noisy. And when it really calmed down. And so he ended up having fluid in his lungs. They took him off to the NICU. He was in the NICU for a few days. And that was just like, what the heck? Like we weren't expecting that. And it was really, really hard and kind of traumatizing. And then trying to like keep this short, but it was like pretty traumatic. And then uh, we went back home we were home for a few days and then we went to his well child checkup and his temperature was hypothermic. So it was like 95, 96, something like that. And they kept checking it and they said, it's not coming up. You got to go to the children's hospital. So we went to the children's hospital and crazy town. We had to be there for about five days. They had him on antibiotics. They had to do like a spinal fluid, which is basically like an epidural for a baby kind of same procedure, all of these horrible things. And by the way, they never had me get skin to skin with my baby um, to see if that would elevate his temperature. So that was pretty just traumatizing. It was horrible, horrible. So we kind of had that experience and we just thought like, well, that's just how it was supposed to be. This is normal. This is, this is how things are again, completely uninformed and just, yeah, just kind of taking it. The same pattern happened again. We didn't, we didn't want to get back on birth control, but we didn't know how to naturally avoid pregnancy. Um, and so we got pregnant again in a really crazy season of life. I shared that story and that miscarriage on the Hormone Genius podcast. So if you guys want to hear that, feel free to hear that. It was, it was a pretty wild story. So we ended up miscarrying that baby at 15 weeks um, and had two chemical pregnancies after that. And it was finally at that point when I was like, something's got to change. Something is wrong with this system. We're not getting answers. We're not getting the right support. What is going on? And so it kind of started this path of finding different support, finding different answers. And so that's when I ended up finding a hormone coach to help me, finding a doctor who knew a lot more than the average doctor about testing hormones and how to support with that and figuring out what was going on with me and getting me healthy. So in that time, I totally changed my diet changed our whole lifestyle, got these different certifications. So I could start helping women once I achieved my healing part. 
We got pregnant again when we were ready. We planned for it. We knew when it happened, it was so beautiful. And we were going to stick with our, our doctor. Again, we found a doctor in OBGYN who knew a lot more than your average doctor. She was a NAPRO doctor and they were Christian based. And so the care was just definitely miles apart from your average traditional OB. So it was really great. And they definitely helped support to make sure baby was healthy first trimester, second trimester. And then I had a moment of like my husband and I went to a little marriage retreat down in Glen Erie. It was an hour and a half drive. And I think I was like 31 weeks pregnant. And I was just like, no, I am not driving 45 minutes to an hour in Denver traffic with being in labor and who knows how fast I'm going to go. No, we got to find a different doctor. We got to find a different option. I'm not doing this. So that's what it took. That's what God, I don't know. That's how God spoke to me of like, Becca, find something different. And so I started looking up things and I started doing some research and I figured out what a doula was, which you are. I didn't know. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So I should probably have a doula to help me be informed so that I'm not pushed into something that I don't know about or whatever. So that was my original thought. So I found an amazing doula, Christian doula in my area. And she, and I was explaining to her kind of what I was looking at. Do I change hospitals? Do I just have you? She was like, have you thought about a home birth? And I was like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) So, um, And she's like, well, you should think about it. And I was like, okay. And so God really planted that seed for me to just start thinking about it. And I think a friend had shared your podcast with me, Allie, months ago. And I was just like, no, 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 no. There's no Mm way. And so I hadn't honestly even looked at your podcast. (laughs) because I was like, no, I just can't. I was pretty intimidated by the idea of a home birth. And so, but the Lord just kind of kept pressing on it to me. And I, and I looked at some birth center options nearby and our faith is really important to us. And again, we live in Colorado. The birth centers around here are very spiritual in ways that we don't agree with. (laughs) So this baby is so, so treasured and such a gift from God, like our triple rainbow baby. And I was like, I don't want anything but the Holy Spirit and the Lord to be in the presence of this birth and to honor it. And so I didn't want to do the birth center option. So I was like, okay, I texted the doula. I was like, okay, well, tell me about a home birth midwife. Like, who do you think? And so for those of you listening, finding a, a good home birth midwife, like a Christian one, if, if that's a thing for you, if that's part of your beliefs, finding one who will make you feel like you're cherished and your baby is cherished and you are affirmed and your baby is affirmed. Oh my good gravy. The experience was crazy different. So I ended up, so she gave me this name, Ronell Williams. She was like, she's the best one. There's not many Christian midwives out here. And I said, okay. So I texted this Ronell. I looked at her website. I was like, well, okay. And on her website, she was like, give me 30 minutes to on a phone call to help convince you (laughs) that this is really cool. And I was like, well, okay, sure. I'll hear her out. So I'm like, hi, can I just talk to you? There's absolutely no way we're going to do this, but I'm willing to hear you out. And so talk to her on the phone for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I just knew like, okay, this is where the Lord is leading us. Here we go. And getting my husband on board. Oh my land. That was a thing, but just through a lot of prayer, like the Lord affirmed him in that decision and all that. So we ended up switching care at like 33 weeks pregnant, (laughs) which was insane. Yeah. So we switched care and it was super great. It was awesome. The visits were amazing. Again, just to sum it up, like 
I felt so cherished and affirmed. Changing from a super medicalized birth in and of itself is so difficult when you have gone through and this is just normal. This is just routine. It takes something to kind of wake you up out of that and be like, you know, I kind of want something different. And you experience that through your miscarriages. But then to change at 33 weeks to a new provider and a home birth out of, you know, a medical system, (laughs) that's next level, Becca. And that's amazing. I'm like so impressed with you because that is not easy. So I just want to affirm you in that, like that was amazing. And it's a true testament to like the change that the Lord can do in your heart. Like it's a heart change, but also it's like such a faith builder because that's when we have placed so much of our faith into, okay, something is going wrong. I'm going to have the doctor fix it, you know, instead of I'm going to really lean in. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? Like when that's your first plan, rather than I'm going to point my eyes somewhere else other than him. And it's just amazing. So I'm so excited to hear the rest of your story. So go on. Thank you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Um, yes, it was definitely an act of obedience of like, okay, Lord, we, we know you're calling us to do this. We have no idea what this looks like. This is absolutely terrifying, but okay, sure. Next right step. So switched over care. Um, of course we asked all the questions of like, what do we do if there's an emergency and all that. And one of the things that I think this will probably encourage a lot of people listening that my midwife told me, cause you know, we asked her all these things. She was like, Becca, I've been to over 800 births and there's never been one where in labor we've had to leave for an emergency, not a single one. And I was like, 800 to zero. Okay. That's, that's really good. That's very good. So that was really reassuring. And of course she said, you know, there's some first time moms who, you know, like it takes a really long time and they're just, they're just really needing some relief or they're really exhausted. We might transfer over, but it's never been in an emergency where we've had to call the ambulance. Um, But she walked through all of that for the procedures for um, what we would do in those cases. So that was just really reassuring and kind of empowering of like, we know our plan. We feel really good with this plan. By the way, I like totally changed my diet in this pregnancy. I was doing everything I could possibly to support my body, support this baby. So I did the brewer's diet. I tracked it to a T and it was really weird. Like I still gained a lot of weight with my other pregnancies. I gained a lot of weight. I still gained the same amount of weight, which I was like, oh, poop, because I did a great diet. It was totally different than my others. But I think that's just how my body responded to it. But I never had the swelling never had the swelling, never had high blood pressure. Like I was healthy. And at every prenatal with Renelle, my midwife, she was so affirming because we all have those like doubts and fears of like, oh no, I'm going to get a preeclampsia. I'm going to have to transfer care. Like I'm not going to be able to do this. And every single time she was like, you're healthy, you're beautiful. Your baby's doing great. And she would pray over us. And I was like, so cool. This is so awesome. So So it was great. And uh, as we neared the end of the pregnancy, oh my land, I was in prodromal labor starting at 36 weeks. Several times a week, I'd have like a good hour or two or a couple hours of contractions. And I was like, okay, 
oh no, here we are, because you have to be 37 weeks to deliver at home in Colorado. Um, so that was kind of scary, but we kept her in and then she just stayed in and she kept doing it <laughs> with the contractions. So I had no idea when this little girl was coming, but it was at, like we did, I finally, I was like, I was just miserable. Allie, I don't know how your pregnancies were. I think most mamas get to this point. I was like, I could not sleep just incredibly uncomfortable. So we did some evening primrose oil with um, zinc and castor oil omelet. We did a couple things. And then um, I did that the night before my due date at like eight o'clock and I went to bed. I woke up at 1040 ish and I just went to the bathroom and then went back to bed. And then I started having really strong contractions. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay all right, these aren't going away. So after a few, I got out of bed and I just rested over the bed, let it kind of go. And then my husband just got home from Bible study. So I went out to him. I was like, I think things are kicking up. You should probably get the water tub set up because that was our original plan was like a water birth at home and all that. So we had the water tub. So he started getting that set up and I was like, wow, this is intense. (laughs) Here we are looking back. I did not realize, but I woke up in active labor and I called my midwife maybe about 45 minutes into it. And I was like, I think this might be it. I think we might be here. She's like, okay, well call me in an hour. Um, you know, she asked me a lot of questions. She listened to me through several contractions. She's like, call me in an hour, call me sooner if things pick up and let's see if this is the real thing. Well, within an hour I was in transition. (laughs) So like it went so fast. Yeah. I was in transition within an hour. The labor was so short, but it was so awesome. We didn't have to stress about throwing together a hospital bag. We didn't have to stress about getting in the car. We didn't have to freak out about where are other kids going. We didn't have to get them anywhere. We didn't have to do anything, but just allow this to happen. And no one was in my way. Like I had my headphones in, I had my worship playlist and I just put those in when I put my little headphones in when with each contraction and just breathed through it. And then really started moaning (laughs) once things really picked up. And I was just able to allow my body and allow the Lord to bring this baby into the world without any distractions or any interventions or anything. It was so amazing, so peaceful. And so, gosh, where do we go from there? I'll pause there if you have any comments. Yeah, yeah. So tell me how long did you push for? Just curious. I didn't push. Okay. Tell me what that was like. Yeah. So I labored like in a few different places, like off the side of the bed, on the bed, in our living room, bent over the couch, in our bathroom, on the toilet, over the counter. By the point we, I was in my bathroom, like leaning over the counter, hindsight, I was like really, really close in transition, really close to the pushing stage. I didn't know that yet. <laughs> I was like trying to like put my music, switch it over to Alexa for my headphones. And I was like shaking because I can't. <laughs> Like if you guys have a music playlist, make sure the spouse knows how to switch it over. So you don't have to worry about that little tip. But I just told my husband, Adam, I was like, get the shower on because this water birth is not happening. There was like three inches in the tub. And so he got the shower on just so I could have some kind of relief and had several contractions in there. Felt like a long time, but it was probably like five or 10 minutes. (laughs) And I was leaning over a little, we had a little bench in the shower and I stood up with like a really intense one. and reached down and I felt her head and I was like, okay, she's here. And I think about that time, like that's when the midwife and doula got there. Like they got there when she was crowning. Um, They pretty much had a 20 minutes heads up from our second phone call to the, like her getting here. So oops. 
Again, I'm a third time mom. So, but who knows? You just don't know how fast it'll go. But yeah, and my husband was right there and midwife was right there. She got pictures and my husband caught her. So to answer your question about the pushing, like I stood up with that really intense contraction. That was her coming down. She crowned. And then I just let my body relax because I knew like, okay, but the next one, she's probably going to come out. And then the next contraction came. I may have like pushed like the tiniest fraction, but she just came out. It was the, what is it called? Rapid ejection. Fetal ejection. Fetal ejection. Okay. So she came out all the way. They told me that she was still in the sack and the sack broke while she was coming out, which is super cool. And yeah, Adam caught her and lifted her up to me. Her cord was like around the back of her neck and it was a short cord. So I was like, Mm -hmm. kind of panicking a little bit, but I just lowered her, unwrapped her and then lifted her up. And I had my baby. It was so beautiful and amazing. So oh, I just want to know, like watching you tell that story, you were just like glowing with <laughs> joy. And isn't that what birth like? Mm-hmm. It's just so amazing. Like it can be so difficult. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. it was intense. Right. And yet you can look at it on the other side and be like, wow, that was amazing. Like, how can that be that something so intense? And so laborious can be that amazing. And I mean, six weeks later, you're still beaming. And that's (laughs) just, it's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Okay. And now it's time to share one of my sponsors with you. After my first birth, which ended in a traumatic C-section, I started researching literally everything, including things that go in and on me and my family's body. I started getting rid of everything, first starting with cleaning products and then over-the-counter meds, but makeup has been the hardest thing for me to replace. It seems as all the natural makeup is in powder form and with the type of covers that I like, it just was not cutting it. That's when I found Araza Beauty's All-in-One Coconut Cream Foundation. This foundation actually improves my skin while providing sun protection and of course, even coverage. With a dewy finish, almost like a BB cream, it's perfect for everyday wear. Plus it's packed with ingredients like jojoba oil, probiotics, antioxidants, and zinc oxide, which provides SPF 28 coverage. I also love that Araza Beauty is a woman-owned and dedicated to giving back to victims of domestic violence. I feel great about supporting this company, which makes it super luxurious makeup even more satisfying. Now, I recommend with starting with the foundation, see what I did there, foundation, <laughs> you won't regret it. Just to make it easier for you, Araza is giving my listeners a special discount of 15% off. So go to arazabeauty.com and use the code EMPOWEREDBIRTH at checkout. Can you go back to share? I mean, I can't imagine like I know when I was wanting a home birth with my second and Mm -hmm. I told my husband my plan, he was like, no. Not, no, not going to happen. And that was before I was even pregnant. So I can't imagine what it was like at 33 weeks, 31 weeks when you're like, Hey husband, like, this is what I want to do. What was that conversation like? How did you resolve that? I mean, that's such a huge thing for a woman to get through, 
on her right. own, but then add in the husband who really doesn't go and experience pregnancy and labor the way that we do. So, yeah. you know, it's harder for them to fully understand. So how would you speak on to that a little bit and give us ad- advice? Yeah. I know one of my biggest questions and most frequently asked questions is like, I want a home birth so bad, but like my husband's just not on board. So yeah. do you have any wisdom to add to that? Yes. I think again, number one is find a really, really good midwife that has the same faith, same values, who will take the time to talk with both of y'all. So Renell, I think Adam was on that phone conversation that was an hour and a half for most of it. And then he was like putting the kids to bed and and all of that. So he did get to hear from her. And of course, we still had a lot of questions after that I came back and asked Renell, like, okay, well, what happens if in this situation, this situation, this situation, what do we do? What's the plan? It was a lot of education of like, oh, so you pretty much do everything that they do at a birth center. You come with all of the equipment, you're trained in all of the ways to resuscitate a baby and support the mom, you bring oxygen, like you you bring medications if needed. Okay, you do all that. And there's a really good plan in place. So it was just about us getting educated. Like we just had zero idea. And I think Adam and myself both came from very just traditional medicine upbringings. Um, So both of us had zero clue about, about all this, but Adam was, I think he was probably a little bit more supportive than maybe the average guy, because we'd already been through so much Micah's experience, our second born with the NICU and the hospital, we knew that was not pleasant. Um, And as we were beginning to learn the, you know, side effects of, of Pitocin and of the epidural, what they can be. And when the baby's not ready, like he was induced at 38 weeks and five days, he was not ready. He was high and all that. Like that's probably why he had all that fluid in his lungs. Like he just wasn't ready. Um, it was probably really hard on his little body. And so just kind of us learning about the side effects of what can happen in a medical setting and just becoming more informed about it was really helpful. And so with all of my research, I'm kind of the research guru. And then I just tell him everything. (laughs) And sometimes if it's really, really good, I'll have him read a chapter of something or listen to a certain podcast, but it's mostly me relaying things to him. But we'd been through all that with Micah. We'd been through the horrible 15 week miscarriage and then the chemical pregnancies and then this whole life transformation process. So he was obviously a part of that. His diet changed when mine changed. And when I got rid of candles, he didn't have candles. Not that he liked candles that much, but whatever. But like all of these things that we did. So I don't think it was a total shock to him of, wait, what? Like he was definitely very apprehensive, but but it was helpful. But I had to do all of my research, read lots of books. If you guys have not read an May's Guide to Natural Childbirth, I mean, that's going to sell, I think, anyone if they read that or at least help them to be really understanding of someone who desires a home birth, they could at least be a lot more understanding and supportive than someone who has not read that book. It's as simple as that. If you have anyone in your life who's opposed to it or supposed to support you, just have them read that and then have a conversation. But those are kind of some of the first things that come to mind to get the spouse on board and a lot of prayer. I was like, Lord, if this is what it's supposed to be, please give both of us this affirmation and this peace. And he did get the affirmation and peace. And I knew that had to be from the Lord because he is like, I mean, he's an engineer, came from very traditional background. And so like, this was totally not in his game plan, but God gave him a peace. And so we just took the next step. Yeah, no, that's powerful. It definitely follow the peace. And <laughs> I think that the Lord does plan out such a beautiful birth. Like that's his heart's desire is 
for good things for women. And we can really trust that and believe that about him and then trust that he's going to speak to our husbands about that. And I know that was really, really hard for me when I first started. I was very like pushy with my education. Like, like this is what's true. And so this is what I'm going to do, whether you're on board or not. And like, that was so not beneficial for our marriage, but thankful for a husband that has lots of grace and also Mm -hmm. will research. And yeah, we've learned a lot on our journey of parenthood. And like you were saying, I mean, you guys have been through a lot. And so when you have that trust built beforehand, before it gets to that, like that adds a whole nother layer of my wife has researched this and I've seen things change and I've seen the benefits. And so I can trust her in this as Mm -hmm. well. So that makes a big difference. But can you just hit on a little bit? What is a femme teacher patient? I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So FEM is one of the fertility awareness-based methods. There's Creighton, there's Symptothermal, there's Billings, there's all these different ones. FEM stands for Fertility Education and Medical Management. And it's kind of just one of the newer fertility awareness-based methods. So basically in FEM, we teach women how to, and I practice it myself, super fun. Um, It's really nice being postpartum for the first time and being confident about if I'm fertile or not. Hallelujah. That's amazing. If you don't know, like hit me up because it is so needed. (laughs) But anyways, we teach women how, and couples about their bodies. Like how do they work? How did God, I, I incorporate the God thing because faith, I mean, how can you leave God out of ovulation and conception and how God made you like you just can't. So it's very a part of what I do, but um, you know, how are you designed? How are we designed as women and men and our fertility? And we chart when you're fertile, when you're not fertile. And we also get to observe in our charting, like if we're having a hormone imbalance, it's like 80% of women have hormone imbalance for a lot of different reasons. Um, So we get to kind of see what's going on, what symptoms are we experiencing that can be helped with. And then we get the added bonus of knowing how to achieve pregnancy naturally and beautifully and how to avoid pregnancy in seasons when we don't, even in postpartum, which is super cool. So it's like really neat being in this postpartum season and being confident and letting my husband know like, we're good. We're not good. We're good. Not good. So that's so empowering. So we do that in FEM. That is amazing and so helpful for women. I think, especially starting since COVID, a lot of women are being like questioning all things medical, like, you know, and a lot of people who've been on birth control for 10 years and are having all of these infertility issues, like they're starting to question a lot of things as well. And so I think there's a lot more interest in like natural family planning type methods to prevent or to achieve pregnancy that it's just, it's a needed thing. And I think more and more women are going to find this option extremely beneficial. So definitely, if that is one of you listeners, definitely (laughs) connect with Becca, because I think that it's empowering to have a wonderful pregnancy and labor postpartum experience. But how much better is it when that conception journey also is empowering, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Going from being like, OMG, we're pregnant. How did that happen to, oh my goodness. Like we knew, I knew that hour I ovulated and like, I just like, I literally felt the Holy Spirit's presence in that conception moment. And it was so beautiful to be so in touch with my body and what was happening. 
just so beautiful. So it's just like going from one level to the next about the awareness of our bodies and what the Lord's doing in them or how sin in the world is impacting it and how it needs help. So it's kind of next level. And it's, I feel like all women should, I wish all women knew more about it because it's pretty beautiful to be able to kind of be in touch in that way. Yeah. Anytime we can look deeper into the design of women and children and just couples. And I mean, it's such a life-giving experience, the whole thing from start to finish. And when we dive in and look at the design of it, then we know more about the designer. And I think that's one reason that I really care about labor and birth is because I know that when women start diving deep into pregnancy and birth and learning about it, there's no denying there was a designer Mm -hmm. who created this process and for purpose and for our benefit and for our good. And that Mm -hmm. just tells me so much about our creator God. And like, that's life changing. That's not just a an isolated event that only happens once it carries throughout your whole life. So I love that you're adding on that conception part because it's very important. Yeah, it's beautiful. Looking back at your birth, is there one lesson or one word that you would take away from that and either apply it to your life going forward, or if somebody was asking you your advice on birth, what is that one lesson you feel like you, you learned? I would say find a provider who makes you feel cherished and affirmed. And if they don't make you feel cherished and your baby cherished and affirmed, there might be someone even better and more Mm -hmm. special out there to serve you in your pregnancy. Yeah. That's beautiful. Cherish is such a beautiful word. <laughs> I when you said that, I'm like, ah, oh, like there's so much peace behind that, knowing that there's somebody there who really, really deeply cares, not just about this process, but about you as a person. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I just I never had that before. Like Ronell would be listening to Ellie or feeling my tummy for where she was located. And she would just be in awe. And I was like, I was in awe at her. I was like, you're in awe at this? Really? Don't you do this for a living? Isn't it boring to you? She was in awe at the life inside of me. I was amazed. I'd never, I've never felt that way. I never felt that way in any of my pregnancies. I always felt respected, but I never felt just this beautiful, cherished. Like, I just don't know a better word for it. And it was so special. Oh, that's contagious, isn't it? I mean, when an older woman is showing you like the beauty of what that is, like what that baby is inside of your womb, that's like Titus 2 stuff. That's teaching you how to love your child, even in the womb. Like that's amazing. That's That's amazing. Oh, I know. (laughs) Oh, it's so powerful. And I wish every woman got to experience just even a little taste of what you did. So I am just so thrilled. I am so beyond proud of you. That is absolutely amazing. Is there any last word uh, or piece of wisdom that you can think of um, to leave uh, my listeners with? Well, I just want to encourage all of y'all listen to all the positive birth stories on here. Any others you can find, read that book for Mina May. And I literally envisioned myself sharing my birth story (laughs) here on your podcast when I was pregnant. I know I put that in your little info thing, but I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but if I can, 
I'm going to share my story. Like I'm going to share this with women and God is going to be glorified and other like babies lives will be saved or maybe more, more cherished mamas will be more cherished and all of that. So ladies start, I mean, just keep all the positive things in your mind, pray, 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 and start picturing yourself in the birth that you are desiring. And maybe you'll share your story here too. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Becca. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story today. I know it's going to affect many women's lives. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Such an honor. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth podcast. Wasn't that birth story so amazing? If it impacted you in any way, would you share this episode with a friend? And if any of these episodes have been beneficial to you, would you let me know by leaving a rating and review? It really does help spread this podcast to more women looking for an empowered birth. It matters. And I so appreciate you listening today. As always, stay empowered and we'll see you next time.